0: Cultures could be expressed in the things that you do, but I think that the the moment of truth is when you show your culture by the things that you're sacrificing, you're quit doing, not doing, saying no, that cost you something.
1: Want to boost your productivity and decision-making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource, whether you've listened to the episode or not. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I've got a great one in store for you today with Isaac Mizrahi, who is co-president and COO of Alma, an advertising agency whose team hails from 31 different nationalities and has created work that's earned them 23 Cannes Lions Awards and seven Effie Awards. Yes, I highly a highly regarded firm. Including being named at ages prestigious or, or to the Ad ages prestigious A list six different times this decade and has earned the, the honor of agency of the year. At the agency, Isaac works with several leading brands, including PepsiCo, McDonald's, Molson Course, Google, and State Farm. Prior to his position with Alma. He worked as a senior leader with Coca-Cola and Sprint Nextel. So he's been on the corporate side and on the creative side. We're going to dive into that today. Focusing on multicultural marketing for the past 15 years, Isaac is most excited about the meaningful growth that 60 million Latinos drive for U.S. businesses. And we're going to dive into that. But Isaac, before we get to all that, let's talk about your awesome name. (laughs) Isaac Mizrahi. Yes, the legendary fashion designer, but this is the more legendary creative executive, Isaac Mizrahi. But maybe talk a little bit about your famous name and uh, how's it gone?
0: Hi, Ben. Thanks for the invitation. Pleasure to be here. You know, the good thing about being in the podcast is that people can see that I have no fashion uh, skills, uh, which, you know... (laughs) You got a purple t-shirt.
1: That was pretty good.
0: Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yes. That's, you know, the funny thing is that is exactly the same name people ask me a lot about. I don't know him. Another question that people ask him. I I wish I could meet him and tell him that I'm very happy that I share the name with him because people don't have issues uh, with the spelling. But also I have a few situations that people actually think I am the fashion designer and and put me in uh, some, um, you know, I wouldn't say embarrassing but awkward situations.
1: Well, maybe share a uh, situation or two that has arisen.
0: (laughs) You know, there is always uh, uh, upgrades in hotels, which makes uh, my boss a little bit, uh, Uh you know, jealous, but uh, he has a good time. But uh, once I was in uh, in Istanbul, in Turkey, in a training, and I arrived back after a full day outside my room, and there was a birthday cake saying, happy birthday, Mr. Mizrahi. And it was not my birthday, and, and I figured out, after I Googled it, it was uh, the fashion designer's birthday. And another day, I got an unsolicited email to my personal email. Somebody mm. tried to reach the fashion designer and try the, the Gmail, Hotmail, AOL. Mm-hmm. try everything. Asking in a very, very desperate uh, way, saying, I have this graduation. I have this blue dress, the red dress." the dress. I don't know which one to use. Please let me know. And I was saying, listen, I cannot help you. I'm not a fashion designer. However, I would mm-hmm. go with the blue one, but you know, I'm not a fashion designer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So hotel upgrades, birthday cakes, requests for you know, unsolicited uh, fashion advice, all pretty interesting. You know, I'm trying to imagine uh, if you're trying to get in to see a, uh, maybe a specific client or potential client, and they're looking at their schedule, and they've got Isaac Mizrahi on the list. You're probably going to get priority to get into so. the door.
0: I think so. However, uh, I may disappoint them once they realize that I'm not him. <laughs> so I have to bring my A game yeah. to say, hey, listen, don't leave the room or don't leave the call. You know, there's something that may interest you on in this discussion. Oh, here.
1: man. What? what yeah, some great stories, Isaac a case of mistaken identity and how it can actually help you in your career out there.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I think I it's so. important,
1: like Isaac, in these situations to have some fun with it because we can't I, have fun I with it. So.
0: You know, uh, what's the alternative, right? Uh, be moody. I, I, I'm, I'm a good humor guy. That so they're calling let's you a legendary
1: fun. fashion designer. All right. So let's fast forward this thing. I mean, you got such an interesting background. I was, I was specifically excited about you coming on because You do have this experience of being an executive on the corporate side and then going more into the agency side. So so there's that transition. But I think for the leaders today, one of the things too, I want to make sure that we highlight something that you're an expert in, which is the meaningful growth that 60 million Latinos drive for US business. I mean, you are the tip of the spear. You write for Forbes on that topic and with the impact. What do leaders need to be keeping in mind about? the the evolving, the changing demographics, and how it's going to impact U.S. business?
0: I think that's a great question, Ben. And this is what I do for a living. I think leaders need to understand that this is a, something that's already happening. It's not something that one day may happen. It's not hmm. something that may come in it's the here. next five or ten years. It's already here. Mm-hmm. So there is a sense of urgency of trying to understand What are the consequences of this demographic change in America into my business? And there is not uh, only one or two consequences. There is no one size fits all. It all depends on your industry, your vertical, your business, your brand. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to go uh, and do a deep dive. The other thing that's very important to understand that this is not about the old preconceived ideas that a lot of business leaders, unfortunately, still have about uh, the the Hispanic segment in America, which tends to be uh, detrimental in terms of perceptions of income, education, uh, purchasing mm-hmm. power, which mm-hmm. has, you know, they have already been dismystified by several studies. Uh, and I can mention Nielsen, for instance, a very uh, a yeah, famous Yeah, everybody knows Nielsen. Student. Yeah, they're huge. So, so, yeah, so, so there sure. is purchasing power. There mm-hmm. is money and profit to be made. Mm-hmm. And the other perception is that, you know, it's all about translating things into, into Spanish. It's It's a very... Simple reduction to Hispanic marketing business equal to translating things to Spanish. And while Spanish is still very important and actually has been growing over the past few years in terms of penetration, this is about culture, how hmm. the Hispanic segment perceives, uses Products, categories, services, using the way they were raised, the way uh, their parents, their grandparents, themselves, their family, their nucleus use these products and services. Sometimes there are small differences, big differences, that can impact not the advertising part of it, but the business yes. itself. Yeah. So that requires a deep understanding on how people perceive your category or products so you can understand how can you better not only react, but ideally do a proactive work to take the lion's share in the next few years and decades to come.
1: Well, so there are probably some listeners right now that are saying, Isaac's pointing out something and let's just say we're far behind on that. <laughs> we don't know, like, where do they start? So the first thing I think that you're saying is, except that it's here and if you're if you're asking how do we approach this you're we're behind so yes. don't panic you're you're behind <laughs> help is on the way what, what's the first thing like call Isaac probably but other than call Isaac contact that, him on linkedin or whatever but that, what that else should they be, be thinking great. about yeah all?
0: i think i think the best thing to start is to understand where you are where your competitors are what is mm-hmm. the level of information and data mm-hmm. that you have what are the data gaps some people don't even track sales. Uh, and sometimes it's impossible yeah. to have precise sales, but at least you have a proxy. You mm. may have sales by zip code that you can actually have an estimate. How are you doing? And if you don't know, talk to people. There's a good yeah. chance that you know uh, your, your uh, store manager, sales manager, district sales folks, they know how you're doing with Hispanic segments. So try to understand where you are, mm. benchmark the competitors, benchmark non-competitors who are the best in classes in this yeah. industry. Uh, and trying to understand what is the plan to get where, from where you are to where you need to be, which ideally is uh, compatible with your non-Hispanic segment. It's what we call the fair share. If you, have a fear, if you have a market share of 20% and you realize that your share with Hispanics is around 12%, 13%, you have a 7% gap. Quantify this. How much are you living yeah. in the table? And how much are you willing to mm. invest to close that gap and ideally even surpass that gap?
1: Yeah, it's a process, but understand where you are. I love that. And I love what you said. here. Like, hey, talk to your frontline leaders. You mentioned district managers, store managers, wherever you happen to be, people that are closest to the customers and ask them what they're saying. So many times executives, they try to make decisions based upon really high level data and you might be missing this stuff. And this brings to mind this anecdotal story about the Nova. Do you remember this? Yeah, this story? Yeah, it's
0: a famous one. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, it's when, Would you I mind think sharing that, is, that with the listeners? No, absolutely.
0: Here? You know, uh, it's based on my memory, but if I'm not mistaken, is a is a General Motors Chevrolet car that was launched Nova. Uh, mm-hmm. But the problem is that when they launch it, Nova can be broken down in Nova that you don't go, which is not a good thing for a, a car that gets you from <laughs> a Ponca car named No Go. But, yeah, but but it's it's but it, the interesting thing is that besides the, the the you know the the humor uh, about this story mm-hmm. is that. This is maybe the most obvious, but there are a little mm. bit less obvious stories like the flavor, pl- uh, flavor profile of your products that may not follow the trends or oh, yeah. the, the, the footprint of your distribution. Some products, they are not available where a lot of Hispanics, they live. These things are less uh, comedy type of uh, mistakes or gaps, mm-hmm. but they happen every day and they hinder uh, sales. The, uh, you know, Some people ask me, why should I be doing this? And I say, don't do that if you want to do a charity thing, if you feel mm-hmm. this is a feel good. I know there was a lot of discussion of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which are serious discussions that we should have as sure. a society. Yes. Yes. But Hispanic marketing, it's about growth. It's about revenue. It's about profits. It's 20% of the population that's going to become 25%. 30% of the population, the years and decades to come, that significantly commands a, an attention as any business that represents 15, 20, 25% of your mm-hmm. revenue or profits should require.
1: Yeah, love that. Love that. And it's so it's about diversity, but hey, also about it's about the it's about the profitability of your company. It's about sales. So what a great winning combination to focus on. Now, Isaac, diving into your career. I mean, it's so interesting to follow the the twists and turns to like, fly through the corporate world and into the agency world. This has obviously been a hot button issue for you. When did you discover in your career, like, was there one moment you're like, hey, this is this is so important for me that I want to go all in on it in my career and, and really work work through this? Uh the
0: the interesting thing is that. Um, I'm an economist by formation, right? So I I tend to be somebody that's always focused on Mm. planning Mm
1: -hmm.
0: outcomes, midterm, long term. But when it comes to my career, Ben, one of the learnings, I've been in business for more than 30 years now, Mm -hmm. that no matter how much you plan, you should leave the door open for new things and things that are a little bit unexpected. Uh, Mm. And this shift that you specifically asked me was never planned. Um, first of all, I came to the U S to stay for three years and it's been 24 years. Uh, I became <laughs> whoever, resident three
1: to 24.
0: <laughs> yeah. I became American a citizen. I have American kids, but it was not something that I said when I am 28, 29, I'm coming to the U S and then I do this, I do that. Nothing against people that plan, but the plan should be a suggestion like a direction. So you figure out what are the skill sets that you need, uh, but if it starts to become something very rigid you may miss opportunities that you didn't know the famous you don't know what you don't know so i think Mm -hmm. when when uh it was natural because i i came to the u.s with coca-cola i was an executive at coke brazil then i moved to the u.s and i started working in the latin american group as a Brazilian, I became very exposed to the the, the non Portuguese, the the Spanish, uh, the Hispanic world of Latin America language culture. Yeah,
1: it's very diverse just in Latin yes. America. Many people have this image of Latin America preferences. It's the same and right. It, yeah, absolutely. It's very different culture.
0: Right? Absolutely, I fell in love with the culture. A lot of commonalities with Brazil, some differences. Then mm-hmm. uh, another. A twist that was something unexpected. I moved from CPG to telecom. I'm, I moved to work for Bell South uh, in Atlanta, uh, and uh, and a lot of people told me you're making a huge mistake. Nobody leaves a company with the cachet of Coca-Cola Company to work for yeah. Bell South without a the respect. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's not only the big brand, but like for marketers, uh, telecom was not sexy enough. And I was in the beginning of the transformation of telecom from voice only to data and everything else that mm-hmm. happened after. So I, I'm so happy that I did the transition despite all the naysayers, something, big mistake, right? Uh, and then uh, it was an automatic shift from Latin America to US. Hispanic. Uh, it's not the same thing I have to tell, but I have to learn a lot. But uh, suddenly I was there. I was there in the middle of Hispanic marketing and the growth and and I study and I learned and I you know learned from others, became part of the broader industry of marketers doing this. And, uh, and it happened. And it's been uh, one of the most fulfilling experiences, a uh, professional experience that I have, uh, because not only I do something that I love, but I have a sense of purpose on what I do.
1: Mm. Yeah, I like that a lot. And one of the things that, one of the themes that you mentioned several times here was the word learning. I and mean, a lot of executives and people that become specialists in their career, they just get so darn niched. And they stick with that, and they don't really, you know, find that flexibility. And the fact that you've, I mean, you're a subject matter expert in this field, but you kind of made your way to that by, like you say, being open to new possibilities, learning about other Hispanic cultures, and ultimately the Hispanic market uh, in the U.S. Uh, so uh, that's that's a great message I think out there for all all leaders. Uh, thinking about your career as it stands today as a leader. What's one trait that you'd instill in every employee and why?
0: That's a great question. Uh, It's hard to come down to one, but if I have to pick one, I would talk about curiosity.
1: Curiosity, okay.
0: And and curiosity in a a broader sense, Ben, not Mm -hmm. only curiosity of being curious, like the the, the shallow perspective of curiosity, it's a little bit curiosity from trying to be open, trying to learn, going back to learning, Mm -hmm. but also in a context of not being complacent, not uh, ever thinking that you're done. I, I'm done, I'm, you know, I know everything. Uh, there's nothing else that I can learn. So, so it's, it's a different angle of curiosity. In, the, in mm. the end of the day, I'm saying this very comfortably because at Alma, we have three pillars of a culture and curiosity is one of them. So we, we talk a lot, a lot about curiosity, collaboration and accountability being the three pillars of our agency and it, it has it's not a coincidence that this agency has been in 12 consecutive growth years in a very challenging environment i have to tell you uh, and i at the same time that we adopted these pillars of culture we work a lot a lot and we're still working every single day on what makes Alma special and what it is our dna our cultural dna that allow people to understand do i fit Is that an environment Mm -hmm. for me uh, so I can be an engaged um, collaborator? Uh, So going back to your question, I think curiosity is essential. Uh, Skill sets Mm -hmm. we can Mm -hmm. train. Um, There are a lot of other things that we can be very flexible. Of course, there are some green fees about ethics and and work ethics. uh, But a curious brain, a curious mind is, is an amazing, amazing thing for anything, not only for business, but for life.
1: Get a simple tool to approximate your cost of turnover in 10 seconds or less. Right now, go to binfanning.com turnover. Did you know the average cost of turnover is $235,975 per employee per year? If you're like most leaders, you don't know your number. Go to binfanning.com turnover right now and download this simple tool to start getting a handle on this catastrophic cost. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I love how you're linking that to the culture that you've all established there. And, and culture is tricky. I mean, it's leaders. I, I, when I talk to most leaders, they know what kind of a culture they want to have, but there's a difference between the culture you want to have and the culture you actually have. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think is you know based on your success so far and what you've seen? Or another way to think of it is what may be some advice for leaders who want to modify the culture? So, say you want to instill curiosity or you want to increase this or, or create a different kind of culture than exists today or amplify it. Where do you start?
0: Ben, ben, a lot of people talk about culture and what, and from the context of what should we do? from an action standpoint. Yes, what, are yes. the, what are the, the actions? What mm-hmm. are the, the things, the process, the things that we should implement to uh, align with that beautiful PowerPoint that we have here in the screen or the little <laughs> the little thing that people Such a carry. beautiful PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah. I that would make our culture you know, like
1: that beautiful PowerPoint. Yes.
0: I, I have to say that there's nothing wrong with doing things. I'm a very action-oriented guy, but what I learned is that what mm-hmm. are the things that you should not do or quit doing? They mm-hmm. are the most challenging uh, for any organization okay. to affirm your culture. Okay. For instance, uh, uh, one of the big um, gods of advertising, fathers of advertising in the world, is this gentleman called Bill Burnback, that in the 50s and 60s and 70s created the modern advertising work. Burnback is the B for the famous DDB brand, which is Uh, one Mm -hmm. of the agencies that we associate with. We're part of the network. Bill said something that resonates until today, which is a principle is not a principle until it costs you money. (laughs) Okay, Uh Because it's very easy to talk about beautiful, big culture things, but are you willing to sacrifice a client? Are you willing to say no to an invitation for a pitch? Are you willing to say no to a potential revenue or profit that could help you in your, um, your, your year. Are you willing to fire somebody that's a great performer technically if she or he, they don't fit the culture and creates cultural problems with the culture that mm-hmm. you have? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that cultures could be expressed in the things that you do, but I think that the, the moment uh, of truth is when you show your culture by the things that you're sacrificing, you're quit doing, not doing, saying no that cost you something, cost you, you know, financially, cost you by losing people, by not participating in something that could be exciting and could give you reputation and could massage your ego. We are in a big ego-driven, vanity-driven business. I think those are the moments that uh, really tell not only to yourself but you show yeah. to your employees how serious you are about the culture that you
1: want to implement? Yes. I love that filtering question. And that's important because it's, frankly, culture can be so abstract and so hard to really see. But it's like, yeah, what would you be, what would be something so out of bounds for who we are, like the principles for our company that we're willing to hire, fire, and even say no to business? And uh, that's a great way to give yourself give yourself that framework and uh, really put some lines around it. Isaac, We also... My company does a lot of research in the area of employee turnover. Our research mm-hmm. says it can cost organizations up to $235,000 per employee per year. And the costs go way beyond just the cost of rehiring. Do you believe that the cost of turnover is something that leaders should be tracking?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, if you stop to think a little bit about the creative industry, the creative business, which I'm part of, there is really not machines. There are very little IP you know, we, we are in the people business, right? There's a bunch of people that get together and do amazing things. And hopefully we can make money out of it. <laughs> it's not, it's not that complicated, right? So, so it's, 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 it's a people oriented business and more and more in the creative business. Uh, this is the same. So I see myself as one of the leaders of one of the many great leaders that we have at our agency mm-hmm. responsible directly for the recruitment and uh, retention of talent. So that's why it's important to take time Um Sometimes you do things that, you know, some people consider silly, you know, talk, participate heavily on internships. I started my career as an intern. So internships and trainee programs, you know, I, I cannot say how many people come back two, three, four years later to the agency because they had a great experience, right? Uh, oh, how, so they
1: come, have a good experience, leave, and then come back. like a Absolutely.
0: More. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, cool. So, so, uh, Acquisition of talent, retention of talent is extremely important. Going back to the point that we briefly discussed a few minutes ago, making sure that we hire also uh, somebody that fits our culture, being mm-hmm. very honest about the expectations. Uh, what is our culture? Not selling us as the best agents in the world or the best business in the world, but this is who we are. The good, the bad, the ugly. This is how we operate. Do you think you can fit? You know, mm-hmm. Do you have any experience working in environments like this? And uh, because uh, it it, it costs the employee, this is not only one dimensional, right? It costs the employee, it costs the the, the company if we recruit uh, somebody that doesn't fit. And uh, the turnover, uh, it's it's expensive, but also takes time. It's not only about the money. Of course, you can quantify the time, but uh, the processes are taking a lot of time. And we live in a very low uh, unemployment rate right now, I think 3.7, 3.8% last week's data. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have to be careful, very careful not to be desperate to hire the first person that comes around, but hire the person that's going to have the best fit, even if it's going to take a little bit more time.
1: I love getting it from your perspective for so many reasons, but I love your economic, like you're putting your economist out on too, because you're like, hey, there's a, there is a shortage. Like people look at it from, hey, there's a low unemployment rate and we got to hire who we can get. And you're like, no, no, no. It also means there's a shortage of available talent. Don't panic though. You just hire, just to hire, just to hire can can cause all kinds of problems down the road. So absolutely, uh, so the, there's those, a cost
0: of the turnover and the cost of the wrong uh, cost you know, of hiring, employee. right? Yeah, yeah.
1: So without without including names, what's your most... Colorful story of when someone quit or was fired?
0: Ah, it's so many stories. I, you know, I, I'm not if <laughs> it's colorful or not, but I, I actually regret when mm. I got to the point of like, I told you so. Like mm. people that leave from outside looks like a bad decision because people uh-huh. are moving for either status or very little money, right? Sometimes I would say you deserve more. I want you to leave, but make 40, 50% more, not 10% more. After taxes, it's going to feel like nothing, right? Yeah. Or it looks like a great title, but you know, look at the company, look at the culture, look at the clients, look at the environment. Is the title difference and a little bit more money is going to be worth it? You may regret that, but sometimes the person is not ready. You may have to say, hey, you may have a hard time. And these are hard discussions because they think that you want to keep the employee no matter what, right? You're going to scare them, mm-hmm. you know, I actually had people that I said, I think it's a bad decision. And I had people that I said, I think this is an amazing opportunity. If I okay. were you, I would take it. And I wish you the best. And if it doesn't work, call me back, right? Uh, but I wish you the best. I think you're going to be a great fit. I think you're going to accelerate five to seven years in two or three years, which is just more or less how I think. Is this opportunity something that you're going to accelerate your career? Is it going to be an exponential growth? Because you will do, you get there. You are great. You get there, but now mm-hmm. you're gonna get there faster. And I cannot offer that speed up process. I support you hundred percent. So, so some people they don't want to talk because they are afraid that you're gonna say no. You're gonna, you're not going to do great. I want the best for the people that I work with. I'm blessed to work with amazing people. But sometimes, Ben, you see that after so many years in the business, you see, you know what? I think you're living for the wrong reasons. And sometimes, and sometimes more often than I wanted, you here, I last, I, you know, it lasts only three months, six months. I'm yes. looking for a job, and, yep. and 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 it's hard because uh, this could have been avoided.
1: Yeah, I, I like that approach. So you're you're really sharing with the listeners a playbook for like if you're a manager and you have an employee that comes in and says, "Hey, I'm resigning. I'm quitting." Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your response? It sounds like you like to step into like a mentoring role and say, "Hey." here's some pros and cons because you are an economist by, by training, right? You're thinking the pros yeah. and cons for them, help them think through it. Uh, and you know, our research, like we also did research on what it costs the employee to who quits. And usually the average cost is around 36 to $38,000. Oh, wow. Uh, which is actually just under the cost of a brand new car.
0: Oh, wow. And that's and dedicated- when you in-
1: include things like Uh, When they get over there, yes, there's an immediate, oftentimes, there's an immediate bump up in cash, but they also miss out on the part, not realizing that they're probably not going to get merit increases for the next couple of years immediately. Interesting. Interesting.
0: If I I may may add, there's something else that uh, it's hard to quantify, which are the intangibles. Right. Uh, You mentioned one that it's interesting, but let me tell you one one that I, I really appreciate. And this is gonna sound like you know, I'm kissing up, but I'm not. I love working with my boss. I have a boss, his name is Luis Miguel Messiano, he's the CEO of the agency, founder and CEO of the agency that I work for. Okay, yeah. I like working for him, and I have good bosses, bad bosses, and you know, and okay bosses. It's impossible to quantify working with somebody that you like, admire, and gives you autonomy to fail, to do whatever, not Mm -hmm. whatever you want, but to have a little bit of freedom, right? Yes, yes. I always ask this question, who are you going to report to and how confident you are that you're going to get along? And this person is going to be a great mentor to Mm -hmm. you.
1: Always Uh, a wild card.
0: You know, Ben, how, how do you put a dollar sign to that? How you know, how how you know you've been miserable before with that boss? I hope not, but there's a good chance that oh, we all have been there
1: many, 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 many times. Yes.
0: How much <laughs> is the cost of being miserable with a woman with a man with that you cannot stand waking up Monday morning <clears throat> working for them? Maybe some of my supporters it's, it's are thinking, I hear you, I'm resigning. I hope not. Yeah. And, but but the reality is this is if you're the frustrated
1: with your boss if you figure out how to work with them productively. Yep. There's some but, value in that. You may go to a yep. new job and be frustrated, start all over figuring out that new boss. And, and it's not only the boss, want.
0: right? Your, your peers, your, you know, the people that, you know, report to him or her, yeah. uh, the, you know, uh, the commute. Now it's a little bit of, uh, you know, less relevant because of flex- flexibility, uh, knowing get to you know the client, how much, how many hours you're going to work, you know, weekends you're going to work. You have to put everything in consideration. Um oh, totally. and to make
1: a decision. Yep. The there's, there's a scale out there benefits, that you might like to yeah. check out called the homes and rain scale. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. But it ranks life events uh for the sort of the average person in terms of how stressful they are and how much how likely they are to cause sickness from the degree of stress. Hmm. And changing jobs is a super stressful event on that scale. It is. it is more stressful according to the homes and rain scale than um, having your um, mortgage foreclosed on and even and even having trouble with your in-laws. Oh, wow so,
0: that's, that's so, an interesting perspective yeah
1: yeah yeah so the, anyway
0: the, the mental but, and health consequence of you know make, making yeah, a this bad decision. is stressful
1: yeah. that kind of change it's so disruptive. So let's dive into some another, another element of your career. When's the time you had an unexpected twist or failure in your career and how did it lead to your success or growth on down the road?
0: Uh, well, you know, in the beginning of my career, my first 10 years, a lot of uh, failures, a lot of uh, twists mm. because of the impatience. Impatience and also this attitude that, you know, everything is a win or lose, right? You know, I have to win is a competition. I think mm. that uh, unfortunately I was wired since the beginning in a very competitive environment even sports and things like that and <laughs> it takes time and off yeah. honestly it takes times and mistakes mm-hmm. and you know things that you say and and behaviors that you learn you know what um you can compromise and you can listen to the other person without necessarily having to agree with the other person you know what i mean or sacrificing any kind of a personal values you have if it's a personal value sacrifice you you, you don't compromise you draw the line but you know, not everybody works exactly the same way you do, not everybody behaves the same way you behave and that's a good mm-hmm. thing. So the, mm-hmm. the kind of a diverse uh, diversity of thinking of thoughts, it's something that it took me some time to, to admire. And it, it, I think I started uh, admiring this more after I left Brazil, I, when I live in another country, live in another city, been exposed to different people, that makes you a little bit vulnerable, but also exciting, right? Um I wish I knew that a little bit earlier in my career. And uh to be honest, I'm still learning that every day. This is not something that you go and say, check the box, I'm I'm a Zen master right now. No, you know, every mm-hmm. day it's it's a it's an opportunity for me to to learn and to show this appreciation for the diversity of thinking um and being um more tolerant. Uh, tolerance, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's something that you learn over time.
1: Yeah, I like that. And someone that's lived in so many countries uh, become a citizen of a new country. I mean, wow, what twist that alone is. Um, And to be able to create your career like you have uh, from that.
0: Yeah, it is. And, And I have to tell you, I feel blessed that I came to the U.S., I feel blessed that I came with the support of a great company, the Coca-Cola Company, that helped me a lot with this transition. I came as a white-collar executive, right? Um, it's very different from the reality of so many immigrants that had the same mm. dream that I had, same dream that my grandparents had when they immigrated to Brazil, living the war in Europe or religion persecution in the Middle East. Um, it's 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 a dream of a better life, a better future, um, a safer. Um, more tolerant uh, future that you can build for yourself and for your kids and your community Um, so but it it is a leap of faith it's not something that happens lightly even though it may look easy for white collar as active um, as me uh, but uh, it also makes you more open I, I had great masters in my life since I came to the U.S. people that helped me so in so many ways and um, I don't think I would have that opportunity if I had decided to stay in my hometown and, and live and work there forever.
1: Well, the, you, you mentioned people you had in your life that were mentors uh, you, as you described them as masters, which was kind of cool. Like I'm thinking of star Wars, like master, <laughs> like Jedi masters.
0: Yes, they are.
1: Right? For some people may be listening to the call saying, yeah, that, that, that may be great to get sponsored by Coca-Cola, you know, which is awesome. Uh, but what, do you, what advice do you have for people, people who don't have these kinds of mentors or sponsors in their life? Uh, and maybe they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm convinced now If you're listening to this interview that, that I need to go seek those out.
0: Yeah, I think it's easier than ever to get one, Ben, uh, using technology. You know, we are doing this podcast here. We are not in mm-hmm. the same studio. Um, so, you know, try to figure out where, what are the opportunities in terms of, you know, uh, affinity groups is that your uh, alumni society at school at the undergrad at grad this high school is there you know anything else organizations uh, like uh, the 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 4A's for advertising agencies the ANA which is the association of national advertisers i actually sit on the board of directors of the Hispanic Marketing Council which is the association that connects um, Hispanic advertising agencies, media agencies, uh, media companies. So there is always an affinity group that you can actually belong, that you can reach out to somebody that may have a little bit more experience and say, do you mind coaching me or mentoring me? Now, mm-hmm. the interesting thing is that this is different than I'd like to send you my resume and, you, you know, for a job that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the same thing, right? Uh, and yeah. I've been a mentor in, uh, for diversity students uh, for uh, a great organization called AdCaller. I've been a mentor for Florida State University uh, before FSU um, and mentorship or, or coaching process is very different from networking for a job. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused, but the opportunities are many um, virtual opportunity. They don't even need to live in the same city and, um, so I think you should go for it. Go show, and you know, if you have somebody that you admire in your career, um, why don't asking her or asking him if they would be willing to uh, mentor you for a few months, or if they recommend mm-hmm. anybody, uh, if they if they are in the schedule that's a little bit uh, busy, if they recommend uh, some yep. of great the great tips you on you.
1: how to approach leaders right there that that Isaac just gave you, everyone, as well as approaching affinity groups, and just leveraging technology because technology you can leverage that across national borders Mm -hmm. and uh, it just opens up a big playbook. So what's a tool or gadget that's contributed to your success that listeners could go out and purchase?
0: Uh, Well, you know, I would be remiss if I don't mention LinkedIn. I'm a big LinkedIn fan. Uh, I think then we connected on LinkedIn, right? Uh, We did. We did. I've been been a LinkedIn user since I think the beginning. Uh, Once I received a letter that I was like one of the first, you know uh users and has been an amazing tool uh of course, I'm in the creative business in marketing um, what's and your I'm favorite doing,
1: way to use linkedin
0: uh you know, I share the articles that I write uh, i i mm-hmm. m- I have a monthly uh, uh uh column or article that Forbes uh very very graciously allowed me to uh, write without any kind of uh interference. I write about multicultural marketing, and you know of course people can. Uh, read the, directly from the Forbes uh, uh, site, but you know, I like to amplify. Let people know that the mm-hmm. latest article is out. A lot of people comment. Uh, some people send me suggestions of topics to write. So it becomes a community. It becomes a really, really a community. And and I love when people provide comments. What they like, what they don't like. As long as they do in a respectful way, I take all the points. So um, yeah. and it's course, amazing
1: I- to look at the comments on LinkedIn versus YouTube. YouTube yes. is like blood sport over there. <laughs> I'm glad LinkedIn I'm glad I'm not so... there. I'm
0: glad I'm not there. But LinkedIn can be a little bit uh, interesting. LinkedIn sometimes. can be a little
1: edgy, but I, I do, and we did connect to everyone over LinkedIn. And a lot of people talk talk a game, but Isaac, you are seriously active on LinkedIn, and you you've done a. I focused on building up my followership and thought leadership, and you certainly have too. You've really invested in that, and so I commend you on that. Thank you. Um, and for leaders right now though, it's not too late for LinkedIn. I always drive that home. Like we're in the golden age of LinkedIn now. Uh, it's organic. If you've got thoughts that you want to share, it's, it's the yeah, time it, to it, do that. It,
0: it is great. It's, it's a great platform for content, for ideas, for networking. You know, I, you know, I got my share of unsolicited emails of people trying to sell products and services. And that's okay. That's part of it. I try to be respectful when I do the same, when I want to talk a little bit about an opportunity that Alma mm-hmm. may have, uh, because it's part of the game, but as long as you keep it respectful and, and not, um, yeah. like spam, I think people understand this is a business environment and it's part of the, it's part of the, the nature of the tool. Yeah.
1: Why is it wrapping this thing up? what, is your parting thought for our listeners
0: wow um in the first hour, I'm gonna to want to talk about. No, I'm joking. I think that I, <laughs> here's think the I, first thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, being uh-huh. authentic, being yourself. Don't mm-hmm. take yourself too seriously. Um, you know, in, you know. Some people try to be somebody else. You know, you know. It, it, I I don't remember what that sentence, but you know, people spend a lot of time being somebody else. You know, it's already taken. Everybody else is already taken. What you have is you. That's your opportunity. Um, So I, I think that relax a little bit take a little bit the pressure to to impress to to grow to get the title to get the recognition you know this is this is great but this is accessory this is as a consequence of of being what you what you who you are and doing what you do and uh and being authentic being respectful treat people nice nicely regardless of their position you know what comes around goes around you know uh, and so one day, you know, a subordinate can be your client, can be your boss. So be nice, be authentic, try to have a good uh, sense of humor, smile, mainly make fun of yourself first, uh, if you can, uh, because that's a great test of how uh, yeah. you, how, you, how good is your humor and trying to be yourself. And, you know, and I know it can be hard sometimes, but the, that that's the best alternative mm-hmm. you may have. And the, and the alternative that makes you, not only happier in the end, but also uh, is going to take care of your health and your mental health. And I think more and yeah. more we are discovering the, the importance of being healthy and, and your mental health. Um, and I think this is extremely important. Being comfortable with your own skin is extremely important for that.
1: Oh, well, great advice there. Uh, honestly, for, for your professional life and your personal life, uh, and uh isaac thanks for coming on today
0: thank you ben i appreciate it i hope your listeners uh, take some value out of it
1: if you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting do this before you do anything else head over to benfanning.com quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book the quit alternative the blueprint for creating the job you love without quitting you'll learn the critical questions you must answer before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of The Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.